Hello, readers. Welcome to 20 Questions with Your Favorite Author, where we ask authors important questions like, why would you agree to be on this podcast? I'm Kelly Lynn Colby, Editorial Director at Curse Dragonship Publishing. Our guest this week is Gamma Ray Martinez, fantasy writer and medieval weapons collector. Gamma lives near Salt Lake City, Utah with his wife and kids. He moved there solely because he likes mountains. He collects weapons in case he ever needs to supply a medieval battalion. He secretly hopes to one day slay a dragon in single combat, and he doesn't believe in letting pesky little things like reality stand in the way of things. Not your favorite now, he will be after. <laughs> Welcome, Gamma. How are you doing this evening? I am doing okay. How are you? Excellent. Only okay? Are you kidding? <laughs> Is it because you've been running around doing all press for this new release? Is that why? <laughs> well, that and, you know, there was that appendicitis scare. Oh, yes, yes, the horrible appendicitis scare. It was all over Facebook today. We were so worried for you. This is this is funny because people like, you know, writers, you know, they're, we just, we make stuff up for a living. So, you know, we just, we, we're, we can't be an open book because we hide all these things behind mystery and story. And, oh, no, no, Gamma was all out there today. So, Gamma, what happened? What happened with your appendix today? So uh, I started feeling this pain in my abdomen. I was like, oh, no, okay, it's probably like a full muscle, but wait, it's getting worse. What if it's like appendicitis or something? So I looked up the, the symptoms, <laughs> and I was like, okay, uh, you know, um, do I have a fever? Um, well, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, it could be that both my hand and my head is hot, so I can't feel the difference. <laughs> You know, that's <laughs> true. That's true. Am I am I nauseous? You know, I, I think so because you know you can't you know make yourself nauseous. Obviously, uh, you just know, stress oh, alone. Huh? Now I'm sweating. That obviously means I have a fever. Not that I'm scaring myself. <laughs> and you know, I don't have an appetite in this lunchtime. That has nothing to do with the fact that I've been snacking all morning. Oh no, I probably have appendicitis. I need to go to the ER. Then I was like, wait, wait a minute. The pain in my abdomen. That's on my left side. The appendix is on the right. So, <laughs> like, okay, I could rule out appendicitis, but I still yeah. might be dying. <laughs> <laughs> so it turns down to you just had a sore muscle. Yeah, basically, yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. And I basically lean to the left and lean on my uh, left armrest whenever I sit, so that's probably what caused it. <laughs> <laughs> Likely cause. Uh, see, that's the thing about writers that we forget to tell you. Our imagination, there's some really cool things that happen, like awesome books, and there's really some horrible things that happen, like us thinking we're dying. Or when our <laughs> kids are five minutes late from getting off the bus, we assume they're dead on the side of the road. I mean, they have to be. It's the only logical explanation. <laughs> so, no, that's awesome. Well, I am very glad that your appendix is um, healthy, at least for the moment. So I'm, I'm very uh -huh. glad for that. It was really fun watching it on Facebook today, though. <laughs> Um, who needs reality TV? I have author friends. <laughs> I would like to think, oh, no, am I going to have to message Cole, Kelly that I can't make it? <laughs> I can't come. I can't. I'm in the ER. I'm like, bring your phone. It'll be fine. <laughs> so, I mean, I have to say I'm totally with you on reality is overrated. So I uh -huh. like that that's in your bio. Um, so speaking of a far-fetched dream, why did you decide to be a writer? Uh, it was just something I always wanted to do from, uh, you know, the time I was pretty much as far as, I, as long as I can remember. Like, in fact, I remember getting in trouble in elementary school because when I was supposed to write a descriptive essay, I wrote a story about the picture. <laughs> I think that counts as a descriptive essay. Why would you be in trouble? That's um, very descriptive. 
<laughs> so uh, it's something I've always wanted to do, but it was just a matter of, you know, having the mental fortitude to sit down and write something that long. Mm-hmm. Right? We need the time. Those pesky uh-huh. bills always need to be paid. <laughs> um, so how long did it take you to finish your first book? Uh, my first, it depends on what you mean. The first one that I attempted as a book mm-hmm. um, that is terrible and will never see the light of day took about a year. Okay. All right. That's yeah. pretty fast for your first never-to-be-seen book. Oh, that's yeah. pretty good. Mm-hmm. Nice. So that's not so bad. Um, what's the one thing you do differently now than when you first started that's made the difference in your end product? Uh, outlining. At first, I was it's not an outliner. It's the most you getting. Okay. Cool. <laughs> it really uh, is. Like, it's, it's surprising me. Okay, go ahead. Yep, yep. I was not an outliner then. I went to a... I went to a presentation given by um, Lou Anders, who at the time was the head editor of Pyre, and he talked about his outlining method. And I was like, oh, you know what? I should use this method and submit to Pyre. And I did that, and it didn't get accepted, but that was my first personal rejection. <laughs> so, hey, personal counts, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh-huh. and I started uh, using that method, so that's really what made the difference. That's awesome. I like that. Um, let's see, I just arrived in Neverland in your newest release. Uh-huh. So look at that beautiful cover. I love it. It's so <laughs> cool. Can they see it? It's. I'm sure it's on the screen too because it keeps flashing. The real book is different. Um, so I just re- uh, arrived in Neverland and uh, I took it with me to a craft market on Sunday because we were selling uh-huh. books. It was. It's like we don't have anything. You know, let's let's we're gonna go out Sunday and just try to sell some books. Why not? Um, so I swear though, cause I took it with me that I talked about yours as much as the books I was supposed to be selling. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so if you had a spike in sales on Sunday, you're right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I even had one kid cause I don't have any, um, some of my stuff isn't clean. Uh-huh. And so there was one teenager that really wanted something clean. I was like, Oh my gosh, take a picture of this. You'd order it right now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so what is it about this franchise, the whole Peter Pan Neverland franchise that spoke to you enough that you wanted to write this novel? Uh, a couple years ago, I was listening to just a bunch of the old classics. Like I listened to things like Gulliver's Travels and the Jungle Book. And then I got to this. Mm-hmm. And in the, epi- in the epilogue, it talks about how it talks about what happened to other Lost Boys mm-hmm. and how... Michael grew up to become a train engineer, and he was the last one besides Wendy to stop believing. And it just sort of set balls rolling in my head. I was like, what if he didn't stop believing? What if he just walked away? And mm-hmm. that was sort of the genesis of this idea where, you know, when the book opens, Michael is this um, ex-person who is part of a supernatural organization, but is trying to just get away from it. So that was kind of what set the ball rolling for that. That's really cool. Well, that answers my other question then, because I want to know why you chose Michael, right? Why did you choose Michael Darling instead? Of, I, I see why you didn't do Wendy, right? We know more about uh-huh. Wendy, and she's done a lot, and we, so I get that. Um, but I was like, you could have chose John, so that makes sense then. I get why you uh-huh. chose Michael. I like it. Um, so on your recent interview with Writing Wrongs, you said that the third book features characters from The Wizard of Oz. So what's featured in the second book? Uh, the second book will be um, Alice in Wonderland. It's called Queens of Wonderland. Sweet. I have actually already turned it in, but I pull characters and story elements from both uh, Alice in Wonderland and Enter the Looking Glass. So yeah, I had a lot of fun with that one because that land is by definition insane. So. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, by definition. Exactly. Is it still Michael Darling? 
because it's the same organization, right? So is Michael Darling still investigating or? Uh, yes, you. Okay, minor spoiler here. You eventually find out that one of the leaders of, of his organization is Alice. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> well, it makes and... sense. Yeah, she would have been the first one to experience this. <laughs> so, um, so she, because of because of troubles in Wonderland, she mm-hmm. sends them there. Nice. I love it. That's I'm good. I'm so glad because I was a little worried that because I adore Michael. And so I really <laughs> wanted more. Right. Uh-huh. And I'm, I'm just at the beginning of his journey. So, you know, I, I really I really want more. So I'm so glad he's going to be in the next one, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's exciting. I mean, a question. What What is writing wrongs? Writing wrongs is a podcast with um, I'm not going to remember all the people. Brandon Sanderson, Dan Wells. Help me, Gama. Who else is on oh, the podcast? Um, um, Howard Taylor and Mary Robin at Quar- But it's uh, writing excuses. Oh, I'm sorry. Writing excuses. <laughs> sorry. You want to know why I said that? Oh, no. Now that's why he questioned. Because writing wrongs is the uh, D&D game we play on Monday night. Oh, okay. <laughs> so in my head, it became writing wrongs instead of writing excuses. <laughs> that's so funny. That was like, um, yes. So, yeah, writing excuses. I love that. <laughs> yeah, you're like, wait a minute. That's, I don't think that's right. No, yeah, you're right. I was wrong. See, I was wrong and I didn't write it properly. Yeah, so writing excuses <laughs> is the is the name, and it is. Um, I love that podcast, right? You know, little short things just giving you great advice. But I think that's cool that you were on it, and Brandon Sanderson gave you a um, blurb for the cover. So that is uh, yeah. so cool. Yeah, I was really excited about that. <laughs> yeah, that is that is fantastic. I mean, he doesn't give those out lightly, so I'm I'm quite impressed. Um, so okay, I'm assuming about that a mm-hmm. year ago. Uh, we were at uh, LTUE, mm-hmm. and I was just mentioning to him that I had this book coming up from Harper, and his response was, oh, send it to me so I can give you a quote. I'm like, yes, yes, I, I will do that, Brandon Sanders said yes. <laughs> You're like, absolutely. <laughs> You're not going to be like, oh, no, Brandon, it's fine. I got other people. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. How nice is that, right? Because you're always awkward trying to say, um, can I maybe have a blurb? <laughs> Instead, he's like, I'm going to give you one. You're like, yes. <laughs> All the bribery over the years has worked out. Um, but I do have to say, even though I'm, I'm like loving this book, that this is not your only series. So you do have a couple other series in your belt, which is probably why this one is so good, right? So you've had some time to really, really explore and really know how to write. But your um, early ones are still really pretty impressive. So like in your Fair and War series, starting, uh, I believe, Shadow Guard is the first book. Is that correct? Yes. Um, and it was described as Harry Potter plus angels. That's such an interesting concept. Where did the inspiration for this series come from? Um, that one, I actually came up with the end of that book first. Um, <laughs> but essentially, I had this idea of what if there was someone who had a lot of power mm-hmm. but couldn't access it under normal circumstances um like what if like their physical body itself was an obstacle and uh, you know very minor spoiler in the end he's able to fight a powerful creature in his dreams and because he's not in his flesh he has access to his full power um and so that was that was kind of the thing and i was like okay Mm -hmm. i came up with it being like an angel cursed to live as a human Mm-hmm. And that was just sort of what set the ball rolling. I was on the fence about making that one um, an urban fantasy or a second world. Um, and in the end, I decided to make it second world because I'd avoided um, messing with a active religion. 
So. Mm, yes, right? Yeah, that's, that's the <laughs> fine line, right? Yeah. yeah. It's the fine line. It's like, I made this up. I'm not attacking your religion, I promise. Yeah. Um, no, very good. Very good. So what have you read or watched lately that you've really enjoyed? Uh, we've been watching uh, Picard, which is a favorite yes. of ours. Uh, yes, ours too. And then uh, we recently watched Severance on Apple TV, which is... That's a, that's, a, that's a mind trip. It's um, it's about this company who figured out how to separate the memories of people when they're at work and when they're not. So there's essentially two people because the work people don't know anything outside of work. Huh. Well, that's an interesting concept. Uh-huh. I don't know if I'd want that or not want that. <laughs> and I'm really looking forward to the third season of Umbrella Academy, which comes out, I think, next month. Does it? Oh, I'm so excited. That one has blown my mind, that series. Yeah. <laughs> I just literally, even the music they play, like uh-huh. everything, like it's just really incredible. It's so different. I love it. I love it. Good choices. Good choices. I do say you can tell a lot about a person based on what they're watching, and uh, <laughs> that just makes me like you more, Gama. <laughs> Glad to hear. Let's see. If you could turn one story into a movie, which one would it be and why? Um, what I should say is God of Neverland, but what I'm actually going to say is <laughs> Nova Dragon. Ooh. <laughs> Tell us about Nova, that one. Nova Dragon is the first book in my uh, other series called Goblin Star. It's a uh, base. It's kind of like Lord of the Rings in space. So, Ooh. um, the elves and the dwarves and all these people, they used to be here and they left. That's why we have stories about them. Um, nice. But what we don't realize is they used magic to do it. So basically, so not technology. What I have is, they use magic to leave the planet. Well, what, yeah. What, what I have is essentially um, spaceships that are powered by magic hyperdrives because fa- traveling faster than light is impossible. So they use magic. <laughs> Which is as realistic as anything else I've seen, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> opens on an elven space station. It's about trying to find a lost dragon battle cruiser. So I just had a they lot take of dragons fun. with them. Uh, actually, dragons were dragons were the first ones to leave. And the mm. way I stated is dragons are as superior to the ships of other races as dragons themselves are more powerful than the individuals of other races. Ooh, that's kind of cool. That is so fast. That would make an awesome movie. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully after Dune opened it up, we can have more sci-fi like that, right? Oh, yeah, yeah that'll be great, yeah. We need more. Um, let's see, well, we we met at a Superstars Writing Seminar, uh-huh. so it was very fun. A lot of these people have. I, I loved going over all the amazing blurbs you have on the back of this book, so uh-huh. I was like, oh, I know him, I know her, I know him. Like, <laughs> it was really, it's Superstars, right? It's, yeah. it's an amazing uh-huh. experience. So I always preach that writers should hang out with other writers. Uh huh. Um, obviously, you believe in that too. You do it. You would LTUE. You know all these other ones. So, what benefit do you get from such interaction? Um, well, it's a couple of ones. Um, the most obvious one right now is obviously I have a I have a book that has um, a whole bunch of international bestsellers who gave me blurbs for it. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, <clears throat> you can never know everything. You just can't. Right. But these are places where people are going on the same journey and have, you know, at least a similar goal and you can learn from their experiences and you can learn from them. Um, 
you know, like I mentioned, I picked up my outlining method by going to one of these. Um, um, and just in general, just sort of refreshing yourself. And, you know, it's always just nice to be with like-minded people and, you know, people who don't look at you weird if you talk about zombies or dragons or things like that. Right. And have something to debate. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. And have books uh -huh. as proof. <laughs> You're like, we have proof. At least, you know, for my, I have supporting evidence. How about that? Maybe not proof. Supporting evidence. <laughs> yes. No, I do like that. It always fun. You know, it's, who else can you sit down and talk about sales of books? Uh -huh. Right? Nobody but writers. That you can't, you can't talk. To anyone else is like eyes glazing over. Um, so I know that you like to scuba dive with sharks. Yes, I do. Um, what is the appeal of being in an environment so foreign to human beings, like places we're not supposed to be, it all tries to kill us. And I don't mean the sharks. They're lovely. Uh -huh. I mean the water and the lack uh -huh. of oxygen and the, what is the appeal for you? Um, so my first diving instructor put it this way. It was like, um, look at it this way. You now have access to the 67% of the world that most people never get to see. So, <laughs> um, yes. That's a good reason, I guess. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I just I, I love just uh, exploring and you know going to places that you can't necessarily see. Like mm -hmm. I um, went scuba diving off the Great Barrier Reef once, and uh, you know that was incredible. So <laughs> that's so cool. Now your wife Melissa also scuba dives, right? Uh, yeah, she she <laughs> got it because of me, um, so we could go on our honeymoon. <laughs> that's so <Yeah>. cool. <laughs> So is where has there been anywhere really exciting y'all have gone together? Um probably um Cozumel. Oh, um, that sounds beautiful. Uh -huh. Yeah. Do they have reefs out there or was it just like deep water diving? Yeah, they have reefs, yeah. Oh, okay. Excellent, excellent. That would be fun. I think I could handle the reefs, right? Because you can uh -huh. see the bottom. I don't know that I could handle like deep sea where you can't see and it <laughs> feels like you're in space. Have you ever done any of that kind of diving? Um, uh, yes, actually. In mm -hmm. Missouri, there is this mine that was active in World War II that's been flooded. And a dive operator bought it and mm -hmm. um, made, it, made it into a dive operation. And I went in there and... Like, not only is there those kind of things where you're just floating over what looked, you know, blackness and nothing, there uh -huh. are these, like, huge equipments that were just left there, so they're just sitting there rusting, and it was, it's a really surreal experience. Holy moly, that's haunting. That's like a horror house for scuba divers. Look at that. Uh -huh. Holy moly. Yeah, that's a Bonterre mine near St. Louis, though, yeah. Huh. So for those of you with a bigger adventure streak than I have, you now have a new bucket list location. Oh, my gosh. That sounds fun. I mean, to read about. <laughs> oh, you're much more adventurous than I am. Um, let's see. According to your bio, um, let's see, that you you said that you went to, you moved to Utah just because you like mountains. Uh, yeah, so, basically. So, I mean, I grew up in, you guys are going to like this. I grew up in Houston, and then I went to school in Dallas. <laughs> Look at that. See, a local boy. I love it. I love it. And you know, just I was, was fascinated with this idea with this idea of mountains. And then I came to Salt Lake for um a couple of conventions and stuff. I was like, oh, these are just gorgeous and you know, I wonder if I can move. I was like, you know what, why don't I? So there was one <laughs> I I started uh, looking you know, putting my work applications in and uh I came up here one day and had uh five interviews <laughs> and then uh by the time I was done I had an offer. So that was uh 
feet. <laughs> it so was to meant be to be. I moved out here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny because I'm like most people, and they think you know I want to go to the mountains. They go to like you know Colorado or you know. <laughs> The Appalachians or something. And you were like, Utah. I'm like, Utah? But it makes sense that that's where you were exposed, right? Uh -huh. You know, you went there and you're like, yes, that, that is what I want. So the mountains were the primary reason, but there mm -hmm. is also the huge rider community here. Yes. You know, the funny thing, we lived there years ago. My son was actually uh -huh. born in Provo. Okay. And um, so what was that, 2000? Uh -huh. Yes. Um, and so 2001. And so he was born there in the spring, but we were there for three years before that. So late nineties. And I was like, can you imagine? Cause I had quit writing. We got out of the Navy and we moved out there. My dad was out there. But if I had actually found my community then, uh -huh. if I had actually found, I was there in Provo for heaven's sake. <laughs> Think of all of the people we've already been talking about. Uh -huh. <laughs> I could have met and worked with and we were on the BYU campus on a regular basis because we had a D&D uh -huh. um, &D group that we played uh -huh. with. So imagine what it would have been like if I had at that moment realized that this writing thing I do sometimes on the side could be a thing. <laughs> I just yeah, so yeah, when you talk about the writing community, no doubt it's impressive and I had no idea when I was there. So how did you discover this community? What was your in? Um, I, you know, it was probably Superstars. I went to the very first one. Mm. Um, and yeah, but know, how did you hear that, about Superstars? Uh, well, from that, I found, I found out about that from Brandon Sanderson's blog. Um, uh, so he was one of the original instructors. Right, right. Um, so yeah, I found out about it from his, and I was like, oh, this would be a cool thing to go to. Mm -hmm. So I did, and, you know, started, slowly started getting exposed to other writing conventions and found out that Utah's just like this big hub for it. So, mm -hmm. uh -huh. Yeah, it's pretty darn impressive. I'm always like, darn it. You know those things where they say you have regrets in life? And I'm like, I don't uh -huh. really have regrets, um, except one. <laughs> and that is, I wish I'd started writing earlier. So I think that's part of the reason I do this kind of thing, right? I want people to know you can do this. You can do this. I give you permission. Go do it. Um, let's see. Are you working on anything new that you're over the moon excited about? Or is Neverland uh, eating your brain right now? <laughs> Actually, I just started on something. Uh, mm -hmm. The idea is a fake chosen one. Like uh, there's this uh, organization that was been manufacturing prophecies and things like that to stay in control. But then mm -hmm. like this um, dark army really does come to invade their land. So it's like, okay, now we have to like fulfill these prophecies. So they're trying to basically <laughs> manufacture a chosen one. Oh, that's a great idea. They're like, uh, what do we call the chosen one again? Hold on, where's the description? I don't remember. <laughs> I was drinking that night. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. So now we get to see whether, you know, the person lives up to it or not, huh? Uh-huh, yeah. Oh my gosh, that's a great concept. I would totally read that. Um, let's see. So I think we're on our lightning round now. You answered all of our awesome questions, Gamma. <laughs> I told you we had very important questions to ask. Um, so what is your favorite flavor of ice cream? Um, not only a favorite flavor, but a brand. Okay. Living in Utah, I miss Bluebell so much. Right? <laughs> my, my husband just like almost spit out his beer because he's 100% on your side with us. <laughs> 
In fact, uh, I went to Phoenix a while ago, and uh, not not to Phoenix. To um, I went to visit James Owen in Arizona, <laughs> and while I was there, I got some dry ice and you know a portable cooler so I could bring some bluebell home. So. <laughs> Well, if we drive to Superstars next year, which we're talking about, we'll bring you some. Okay. <laughs> so which one's your favorite? You have to tell us what's our, what's oh, your favorite. Oh, yeah, the vanilla. The homemade vanilla, yeah. There you go, homemade vanilla eye. Hey, that's two weeks in a row, that vanilla. Frank Moore and his favorite was vanilla, too. <laughs> <laughs> was a bluebell, but, you know, he doesn't know. Uh, can I tell you, my husband, because I'm not from Texas. He is. Uh-huh. He was born on the island in Galveston. Okay. So he's from here. I am not. And so he would always tell me all these things are awesome in Texas. Most of it was BS. <laughs> but he was right about Bluebell. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, I feel you. All right. Uh, a very important question. Can zombies climb? Uh, you know, that is a tough Stop one. Mm-hmm. I would have to say... Maybe the newer ones can because they, they still have like a little bit of their, you know, thought process. They haven't degraded entirely. But after that, I don't think so. I gotcha. Once the deterioration hits, forget it. There's no more climbing. All right. I like it. That's a fair answer. I think that that answer was yes and then no. <laughs> That's what I heard. All right. Who is your favorite band or musician? Uh, you know, funny about that, I am actually, there is this condition, and I don't remember what it's called, but it's people who are completely just not emotionally affected by music. What? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what to do with that. <laughs> How is that possible? You don't like listen to music every moment of every day? No. I can't, I can't even imagine. So I can't ask you what your playlist is when you're writing, <laughs> huh? Uh, no, I generally have something on the TV. How how can you be from Houston, Texas, and Dallas, the state that has the most live music played in any state in the country, and not be into music? <laughs> I just... Uh, I, I, I don't know. You've shocked me, Gamma. You've shocked me. That With, rarely uh, happens. Anadinia? It, it's a real kid. It has a name. Say it again. What was it? Yeah. Uh, musical, it's Anhedonia. Huh. I guess I have the opposite of that because I hear like three notes of music and I just start crying for no reason. <laughs> so whatever the opposite of what you have. So maybe, <laughs> maybe I took it all, right? Like somewhere in the universe, <laughs> things were divided up and I got too much of it. Like I go to see a play and that music starts and I just start crying. Like I, it's stupid. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. Um, <laughs> that's really cracking me up because you would think someone who wouldn't like music would not be creative and that is not true of you <laughs> at all so that is so cool you're challenging my view of the world Gamma don't do it I don't like it alright um, what part of your daily routine is an absolute must um, taking some quiet time uh, near the end of the day like after the kids go to bed and just Okay, I just need some time to just unwind and just <laughs> not think of anything. Listen to music. <laughs> uh, I, I heard I heard you cuddle with the dog though, against your uh, will. Yeah. But, but <laughs> uh, no, it's not always against my will, but 
Not always. I mean, yeah, I, I'll be walking and you know my hand is hanging on my side and she comes here and just puts her head under it. You know. Oh. <laughs> Dogs always know the softies. You can't hide. From them. Can't. They know. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, well, I had an awesome time with you today, Gama. Thank you so much for coming and sharing. Thank you for giving us these awesome works that I'm so excited about finishing now. I totally have nothing else to do but read your book, I swear. <laughs> um, so where can fans find you and your work? Um, so my work, uh, God of Neverland, is released by Harper. So it's in Barnes & Noble's um, all over right now in other bookstores. Um, online uh, on Amazon, uh, Gamma Red Martinis, you can find all of my books there. Um, uh, most of the physical books you can also get from Barnes & Noble and things like that. Uh, Audible mm -hmm. is always a great place. Um, and then on Facebook, I'm, at, I'm under Gamma Ray Martinez. Uh, that's where I get most of my interaction, but I'm also on Instagram under Gamma Ray Burst, and Twitter is also Gamma Ray Martinez. Excellent, excellent. Well, thank you so much. And now that Gamma is your new favorite author, please make sure to review his work. You can also review us wherever it is you get podcasts, and you can follow us on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash CurseDragonship, or subscribe on YouTube, CurseDragonship.com slash YouTube. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week, 8 p.m. Central on Tuesday with Kim May, for real this time. We fixed our technology, so it'll be awesome. <laughs>